I'm Sasha DeWitt, and this is the Studio Notes Podcast, the show where I chat with artists about the real-life stuff of being an artist. Hi, and welcome to Studio Notes with me, Sasha DeWitt, and today's guest, Joe Blaker. Joe is an artist and illustrator based on the edge of the West Yorkshire Moors. So, Joe... In season one of the podcast, one of the things that I've been asking everyone to talk about is their journey to a creative career. So how about you? How did you get started? Um, Well, it was always, I think it was always something I was going to do, really. Um, I was really enjoyed drawing as a kid and loved making a lot of my favourite sort of childhood memories are creativity related. So real intense moments of joy like discovering things and I remember tracing Dick Bruner characters and just that being like whoa this massive revelation so and my mum was a children's librarian so we were a lot of books around a lot of children's books we used the library a lot and I remember real like real quite intense delight yeah in like looking at some illustrations as a child as well and like really specific bits of illustrations anyway um and then so I was I'd like um an art teacher at high school told me about art college I'd never heard of it and she wasn't even my teacher so I'm really grateful you know to this woman um whose husband was an artist and um Yes, so that put me on to the possibility of art college. So I went straight to art college after my high school. And um, yeah, uh, it was it was a, um, an amazing experience. And I, I'm really glad that I did that. But the course wasn't, there were lots of good things about it, but um, it wasn't really what I needed I suppose it was run by an advertiser there was meant to be an illustration tutor but he was never there um I spent a lot of time in the dark room and did a lot of dark room photography I that really introduced me to lots of like history of art and design and used the library a lot there discovered a lot of sort of female artists and it was, it was like really valuable education and anyway I went on to a BA and um again that was actually a strand of that degree was advertising but it wasn't the strand I was in I, so it was a, it was more of a graphic design and illustration degree and you only really specialized as an illustrator in the third year um I was making a lot of handmade work and they basically kind of had to twist my arm and make me use computer to because they were a bit like you're not going to get your degree if you don't do this um yeah and I, I did a little bit of printmaking at uni I, I think the course I did I've always been really drawn to sort of cross-disciplinary courses because I've always enjoyed graph like print media and graphics but I'm not a graphic designer um but for a while my work was a little bit in between and I was doing a lot of sort of hand-drawn typography and stuff like that um but I was mostly sort of doing children's kind of non-fiction illustration but like, yeah stuff about nature or stuff about creativity which is totally you know has continued to be the big theme in all my work um 
And at that point, I did um, a resource. I, off, I kind of created this resource and I offered it to um, the Woodland Trust, a charity in the UK. And I did some workshops through that. And I was starting to do a little bit of workshop work with, I'd always been interested in working with children and I'd always enjoyed that. Um, and I'd spent a lot of time poring over instructional books as a kid, you know, so my mum had a lot of sewing books and but I loved watching that whole Blue Peter instructional making stuff. Um, so yeah, all those interests started coming together, I suppose. And after my degree, I mean, I wasn't ready at all to get any commercial work as an illustrator and still don't, I've never really resolved whether I really work that well as an illustrator or not. It's definitely someone that was a bit in between the cracks and probably more at the fat, more at the sort of mm. fine art end of being an illustrator or the re illustration end of being a fine artist. Um, so for a little while, I just, I kind of rebelled against myself and was like, I can do other things, I'm going to prove this, you know, I can do other things, it's more to me than just, uh, just drawing because I just really didn't know what I was going to do. So I spent a little while floating around um, and then started getting voluntary work. Um, I did an internship with a film festival. I worked for a local like arts festival. This was all in London and I did a placement with an arts organisation called Into Art who work with adults with learning disabilities. And they were working with, at the time, on projects with um, kind of contemporary art galleries and were doing really interesting, they still do incredible work. And um, that was a really great experience. And partly it was that experience that led me to think, I was so inspired by the work that the artists they were working with made. It really reignited my love of drawing and, um, my tutors on my degree had spoken about MAs at the Royal College of Art and um, I made, oh no, yes, I did do, I did, I, so the freelance, no, sorry, the, the voluntary work led to doing a desk job for like two years maybe for another conservation organisation called the RSPB. Um, and I loved that, but it was so not right for me and I was quite unhappy by the end of it. And also during the last sort of period of time there, I realised I needed to return to my own creative practice and I decided I'd try to apply for the MA at the RCA, but I felt that I needed to create an entirely new portfolio, as you do. Um, maybe I didn't, but anyway. <laughs> um, so I got a part-time job and I went and prepared a portfolio um, and then got on and did the two-year MA which was again a cross disciplinary course basically so it was there were filmmakers graphic designers illustrators and some artists um but I went in as sort of like not very much of an illustrator and I came out of even less of an illustrator and I think a lot of the illustration students um, had a kind of difficult ride on that course at that time. So um, it wasn't just me, I think. Um, and yeah, began picking up, was offered some work through an outreach 
part of the RCA, I just began picking up more of the workshop work. Um, so working with other people, I did a little bit of teaching at the local university, um, got into doing gallery education stuff. Um, and my own work was sort of bubbling away alongside that, kind of set up a little bit of a collective. We did a couple of exhibitions, but a lot of people went and had babies and got too busy. Um, and then, yeah, got to a point where uh, a few years ago, the the way the work I was doing, the way I was doing it, was just leaving me really exhausted and then felt that I needed to go back to my own practice again. So and just spend more, invest more time in it. And I felt like I needed to prove to myself that I could do something with it because I've been very good at experimenting and playing, but I've never found it that easy to execute things, see things right through to the end. Um, so I spent some time developing like a range, basically setting up a little business, doing my own range of like greeting cards and illustrated designs and things like that. Um, and was trying, you know, I was trying to keep that going and doing my own and doing the workshop work. And then COVID came along and threw a spanner in the works like it did for everybody probably or a lot of people. Yeah, and just during that time, I think I was questioning that kind of, that the illustrated product stuff I was doing, just kind of decided to kind of really clear as much of the, I don't know, extra stuff where it's possible I just wanted to concentrate on drawing so that's kind of what I've been doing for the last couple of years and focusing my teaching work as much as I can around drawing as well alongside that um yeah so that's the whole 39 years <laughs> <laughs> I love it I mean it's such a fascinating journey and I think that some of what I'm real like resonates with me probably it's very similar to a lot of my own thought process but the whole thing about sort of illustration but not being someone who is at all maybe um capable of being an illustrator <laughs> like because I myself when I started I went towards illustration because I could understand what illustration was a lot easier than I could understand what sort of fine arts or contemporary art was or painting it or any of that um, but when I, but when I was within that um, universe, the illustration universe, it was like, whoa, I'm not cut out to be an illustrator. I don't do well with briefs. I don't do, I feel like that's like a, another boss telling me what I need to do and how I need to do it. And yeah, I just, so I find that quite fascinating, your own journey through that, that sort of realization of, yeah, well, maybe illustration isn't what I am. But then there's something as well within illustration. I think there is this desire to sort of push boundaries well what is illustration because we often talk about it with a very sort of I come from America and you're within England and you see illustration within some very set parameters but when you look at European illustration or like South American illustration some of that stuff is really amazing and definitely not what we're thinking about I think in some ways yeah and I, I still haven't ruled it out and I think partly my love of experimentation and nobody ever really getting me to focus on developing mm -hmm. a style or a specialism even, even with a set of materials or anything like that. Um, that's a big part of it. And I can see that 
I'm getting, I feel like I've been getting closer to a more limited way of working. So not working across a mill, you know, not pinging around, trying lots of different things all the time. And I, yeah, and just like you say, I think that it is about the way you perceive that, that um, type of work. And it, you know, it's just as broad a label as art probably, isn't it? And mm -hmm. there are so many ways to work within it. And I can see that the work I was really most inspired by on my degree was often quite, it was self-authored work. So it's always been that gap I've been most interested in and inspired by. Um, but it's the puzzle of, you know, making that your, um, your um, a means of supporting yourself. But, um, and I feel lucky that I'm able to, um, to sort of keep my work bubbling away I get frustrated at times and it, I know I would benefit from longer periods where I could just concentrate on it entirely but I feel lucky that I'm able to basically do this balancing act between um freelancing and teaching and work, running workshops and things that all inform my drawing and how I'm working as well um alongside my drawing so that over time I can see that I'm just chipping away at this sort of finding where my work where I want to go with my work because I I quite my work comes out of quite spontaneous or quite sort of feeling driven kind of starting points so yeah it's never been that easy for me to I've never had a clear idea of where I want to go <laughs> um, and it's just taking I think maybe it's just taking time um and just taking a long time to even get to the point of just recognizing for myself that drawing is my priority and concentrating on drawing is what matters you know and just being able to try to sort of um shut out the other things that pop up and easily distract me from that yeah, so I think that's something that I have seen. I've been following you for a couple of years. I don't know how long, but certainly during lockdown, I can remember having come across your your work or your Instagram, maybe longer than that, but having just watched what you've been, I mean, of course, it's only what you're showing to the public, right? You know, you've got a lot of stuff going on behind, um, but seeing, yeah, seeing your your real love for experimentation and the drawing side has been coming sort of through like becoming clearer and clearer to me as an outsider even watching how your drawing practice how the drawing side of your practice has grown and maybe you've grown in confidence as well mm -hmm. and that's been sort of interesting to watch as an outsider to see your joy in that so a little bit can you tell me a little bit more about that as well just um yeah so I think Oh, I've just been reflecting actually on the last year. So we're just, this is uh, start of 23. So just, just today I've been looking back at the last year and I can see that I've noticed that some, before, for a little while, I was working quite a lot with ink and I was working outdoors and I was working with some water-soluble um, media outdoors as well like location drawing but I was tending to work more in with tone than with colour um and I think it's just taken me 
time because I think I'm quite easily overwhelmed by the complexity of things and learning the sort of editing or the there's so much a drawing that's all about the looking and perceiving you know and I think they're the skills that you develop alongside everything that's happening on the page um so look sorry looking back at last year I can see that sort of in September I just started working with colour it's just so funny the way that even when you're not when you work the way that I do which is quite intuitively the thing one thing does lead to another so it's not surprised me that um that I began sort of drawing when I got more into drawing sorry this is so doesn't make any sense at all I think starting life drawing classes again was a massive catalyst and has been a sort of consistent thing that I've been doing all through the last few years and I just you know really recommend it because I just I think it teaches you so much about drawing generally I think a lot of what you kind of a lot of what you learn in life drawing can apply to other types of drawing um and then that got me going and I I do enjoy drawing from observation so when I'm talking about drawing at the moment what I'm mostly talking about is just drawing from observation um and like I say I was beginning to work with ink trying to draw from observation um outdoors in the landscape and um I had realized through life drawing that when I consciously try to work with color I kind of freak out and uh, I don't feel confident with it because in the past I'd just always gone with what was to hand I just didn't think about it but over time especially maybe from having designs and products and things just becoming I was becoming more aware that actually understanding colour so you can choose how to work with it was a big missing element of my knowledge it's like I've always had this sort of I don't know all the technical side of things has never interested me so I've basically spent the last 10 years slowly realizing and try and just through practice and self-teaching myself but I've been trying to like I've just been filling in some of those gaps so I never knew anything about perspectives though don't really um and um Yes, it was interesting. Looking back at last year, I can see that halfway through the year, I just made this change. And I've been working mostly with colour, but working quite small. So kind of a lot of it came out of the 100 day project that I did last year. So I was doing a mini, trying to fill a mini sketchbook every day for 100 days. And through that, noticed that the work I liked the best and the majority of the work was landscape based so I thought okay I should focus on that um and then realized that this sort of practice of this tiny sketchbook scrappy pre-marked pages really worked for me as well so I've tried to continue with an element of that and just sort of working with a particular pen and in a kind of way and then realizing finding it hard to go back to like conventional sketchbooks but realizing that was easier when I broke up the page and kind of was creating mini sketches you know multiple mini sketches on a page and um started working with pencil which was a bit of a revelation because I just haven't really used it since being a teenager and and I think that fed into me using these colored 
water-soluble pencils, which is what I'm drawing with at the moment, and how I'm kind of exploring colour, really unintentionally, but it's just what's sort of happening. And it holds, there is, every now and then, when the season changes, I get thrown off because, yeah, there'll be a point where everything looks so amazing or the, the, the change, I've got kind of used to what's happening in the season and then it changes and part of my brain thinks, oh, I don't know how to do that, I don't know what to do with that. And of course, you only find that out by doing it, but <laughs> it always takes me, it always stops me and there's always this little uncomfortable, I'm not drawing, what's going on? I don't really um, feel really rubbish about it. And then generally, I, once I get drawing again, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I suppose as well, there's going to be, now that you're working with colour a, a lot more, and I know that seasonality also plays into your work. So, so there's probably going to be this very interesting, you know, what colour palettes are you using and are they going to change with the seasons? Because that's sort of what's really nice to observe, especially in the landscape you're in, that area around the Yorkshire Moors is, is very seasonal colors. I, you know, I, that come to my own mind when I think about it. Um, mm -hmm. So it'll be really interesting to see how that progresses and what, mm -hmm. you know, what, what happens with you being out in the landscape and what colors you're recording. Yeah, and I think that um, it's kind of, so I've been sort of working relatively consistently for me anyway since sort of September so several months and so and I've been compiling sketches from throughout each month into one image for the month and so I've got sort of four three or four that I've been able to look at and yeah I really enjoy exactly what you're saying looking at that gradual shift which is you know how autumn doesn't just start and you know summer doesn't just finish and all that so yeah I'm, and I'm enjoying that and I do like that element of drawing that even the it's, it's sort of working for me because I can struggle to fit drawing in or make time for it I think I still need to make a lot more time for it I feel like I don't prioritize it enough but um this approach means that I am gradually developing something like just little bits at a time and I really like the fact that it's a record of the passing of time and really specific little observations often or I've noticed that a lot of the time I really zoom in on it on a really small section of a landscape it's often something that catches my eye mm. and it's um not necessarily this big grand um view or that that also that sort of makes sense to me with how with the way that I just the things I've always quite liked and I've understood about my kind of visual sense and sensibility and things I've always really liked shape and silhouette and quite minimal modernist sort mm -hmm. of design um and design even within you know things like painting and fine art um so yeah it's interesting sort of seeing those things developing or you kind of observing things you, yeah yourself in in your work and looking back over the last year I think across the different sorts of work that I've done the work I like the most is the loosest so it's 
I'm kind of interested in how that relates to the work I'm doing at the moment because sometimes they're quite loose but they're not always and um, I've literally just sort of started a big bit that's been missing for quite a long time that I've known is really sort of fundamentally not right is that I very rarely now sit down with a sketchbook of materials and just mess about and that used to be how I worked all the time yeah so it's a bit like I've gone all or nothing like that's yeah. definitely how I think of you I think of you as very playful and experimental yeah making you know loose inky so I guess when I first started seeing what you were doing you were doing like like a lot of loose inky drawings and really playing around with that and then moving into now you're using the colored pencils I think you said or the water soluble colored pencils yeah so it's very interesting to see how these two things will start to connect yeah yeah because I have done some studio based drawing this year that's that is much it's the bigger messier more mixed mm. media and I, I've enjoyed that um yeah sitting down I've just known that um I'm kind of holding myself back by I don't know if it's being too literal or not I know I struggle with that idea of consciously sort of interpreting what you're drawing so kind of making decisions like I'm going to make that a little bit yellower because I know it's going to enhance this aspect of the drawing or I'm going to leave that bit out of composition altogether or I'm going to do this or that I don't really work like that and um, I think that or I haven't been and I think that bringing in more of the way that I always used to work, which was just sit down, don't know what's going to happen, just move some materials about. Um, I think that is going to, I'm hoping that all is going to be some sort of bridge to mm -hmm. something um, and that it might help me be a bit looser, maybe working more from memory or from more of a combination of sort of memory, photograph and sketches. Because I'm aware that for a lot of people, sketchbook, sketchbooks are like a, a stage in a process. But mm. for me, for quite a long time, they've been the outcome. And then, and it might stay like that forever. And I'm happy for sketchbooks to be my medium. But, but I do love working on a big scale. And yeah, so I'm kind of, yeah, feel like all those elements kind of are a part of what I need to work happily because I think it brings in an element of freedom that I need I think to keep me engaged with the observational and outdoor drawing as a part of the motivation and actually I can see that if I that a lot of the time I can just be motivated by how using materials feels or what that is like so I think that could be a big part of the sort of motivation that and maybe I'd benefit from that and maybe haven't really been allowing all. It's so funny, these, I don't know that we set rules for ourselves, but sort of mm -hmm. we set blocks for ourselves, right? And it's, and you, cause you keep saying, I haven't really allowed myself to do this. And then yeah. it's like, well, you're the one setting the rules or I'm the one setting the rules. And so why, why do, why does that happen to ourselves that we sort of forget that this was what I enjoyed was all this loose mark making or, you know, but then it's also interesting because we go, so you were doing like the loose inky work and then you moved into something that's less loose, but then now you realize that actually, you know, I now need to bring something that I had before into what I'm doing now. And I love to see that progress. And I think 
I talk a lot about, you know, we go in these cycles where you try something, then you do it and you do it and you do it and then you move away from it and then you come back to it, but you're sort of at a different level or you have a different experience when you come back to it and you start thinking about, well, how can I incorporate this in new ways? Because I've just gone back to doing uh, like printmaking and monoprinting, which I haven't done for years. Right. But, but now that I'm coming back to it, it's like, wow, you know, my mind's exploding with the possibilities of things that previously I probably didn't have the skill or the technique to realize and now I do and so for me it's like wow this has been a long journey to get back to something that I was doing 10 years ago but didn't realize you know couldn't realize at the time yeah yeah just the other day I realized that in the past years ago when I used to sit down and just play with materials it always um often it would turn into a, some sort of landscape and at the time I thought that was just a lack of imagination or like um I don't know I, I just saw that as a weak I didn't I was gonna say I think that's it we're so critical of ourselves isn't it so you yeah. were doing you knew, you were like oh I'm doing, well anybody can do landscapes or everybody does landscapes and then suddenly it's like well I don't have the imagination to do this or to do that and then that's so not true. And it's just us being critical of ourselves that we set up those barriers, don't we? Yeah. And I can see now, just as you were saying that, that it might be that I'm coming back around to that way of working where it's, like I was saying, it's sort of, um, it might be more improvisational. It could be landscape based, but it might be more improvised. Mm. But that I feel like I've been um, accumulating a lot of just, I suppose it's a lot of reference really, but it's, and I still, I mean, there's just so much. I still just feel like, I don't feel like I can ever get to the end of that is what I mean. But yeah, that, yeah, maybe it will be a case of returning to that process, just like you say, but with a lot more experience in the meantime, because it is something that I've always, looked at and enjoyed experiencing but um so it's quite it you know it feels really good to be able to put it into images now and I know I couldn't have done that when I was younger um, I love as well like something that you've said um you've been saying you're you, so I guess going back a little bit but you were saying how you're not always sure where you're going but for me, as an outsider, I always think that you're someone who's really good at coming up with projects for yourself. I feel like I don't ever have any. I mean, I know at the moment I am actually, but at the moment I'm kind of working on one. And the 100 days was such a big deal, I suppose, because, I've, because I just really struggled to be, do things consistently. You did the 100 day projects and you, you, you then had something to show, you know, like you had the hundred sketchbooks and I mean, they were an amazing collection to look at. And I think you did a exhibition with them as well. It's kind of interesting that maybe that was that beginning of actually, I can do this. I set a yeah. project for myself and I finished it and yeah. I did something with it. And it was something bigger than just a sketch, than not just sketchbooks, but sketchbooks. Yeah. yeah, but that's true. I had tried actually, I'd started at the start of co no at the start of 2020 I wanted to draw a tree every day for the that year which now I'm like that's a 365 day project <laughs> what was I thinking but um I found I couldn't yeah 
it worked for so all of it works for me when it's spun when there's the room for it to be spontaneous mm. once we're stuck at home and I had to go out to find the trees it just I couldn't uh, maintain it but yeah so I suppose maybe maybe yeah maybe I am a little bit better at setting projects myself than I realize but I, I don't I feel like it's not a strength um but I am con- yeah I've been thinking about the 100 day project doing that again because it was really worth it I think really worth me doing it just helped me understand kind of what I need and what works for me and mm. it only it worked for me because there was so much room in it to be playful and spontaneous and I could accomplish it in five minutes if I needed you know if I wanted to yeah. I don't know if I ever did it that quickly but or I could spend a day on it and it, it was just really flexible and I kind of need that flexibility I think but I've always been quite interested in the sort of relationship between um kind of ideas that kind of form of creativity and then um they're just kind of doing stuff so the intuitive I suppose and because for me it felt like when I was trying to be trying to be an illustrator whenever I worked to a brief as a student it was just not my best work when I was creating products for my own sort of trying to explore that way of working that was a re- around working with ideas I found it hard having a creative brain that loves ideas and coming up with ideas when actually what I'd really like to spend most of my time doing is just <laughs> is just drawing, which sort of doesn't... I know that I'll be interlinked. I know there'll be elements of that creative thinking happening in drawing, obviously, and I do still love to be invent, like it, um, inventive like with drawing, but um, I found, for me, that um, the best sort of outlet for that is my workshops and teaching but mm. I can see that maybe an element of that is in the projects that we choose to set ourselves or the I, I suppose ideas for ways of working with drawing or applications for drawing or things like that so I'm still kind of working out how those things um fit together because like I said earlier on I can just get distracted by yeah these ideas that pop up it's just not the way that I'm happiest working so Mm. yeah I think it's quite tricky I I used to say if somebody could just pay me to have ideas Mm. that would be the ultimate job because I just love to generate ideas around stuff I love to think like that but at the same time I love making you know I like to make my own stuff so Mm. yeah there is that sort of push-pull I think between how do I have all these ideas and what do I do with them and then how do I realize things and where do I realize them and I think for me as well teaching has been a huge um, way to sort of share some of that with other people and yeah I think I think part of the problem for me like sort of saying about being a bit too literal maybe withdrawing sometimes or too rigid like a little bit of being rigid in some ways I think in a lot of ways I did grow up with a bit of a fixed mindset at the same mm. time as having this really creative brain or sorry uh, just a I don't mean really creative brain but I mean somebody who you know was always inventing stories and always illustrating yeah. this you know just just I think I think I always thought so when I was younger when I got the idea I was just like that's that's it I don't know I, but I've learned that like what pops up as an idea for 
that'll make a great t-shirt actually that idea might make a great workshop or an idea that pops mm. up like a title for a drawing might actually be you know a book I don't know just completely the ideas yeah I think how you perceive them can affect maybe how we work with them as well mm. and I think that maybe I've just always been a little bit too rigid around that as well and just wasn't um didn't really see them as just a springboard enough do you mm. know what I mean I wasn't able to get far enough past that initial idea to be like it's just a catalyst and you don't know where it's mm. going to take you because that's fundamentally what kind of motivates me with all of it um is learning and sort of discovering by doing so mm. yeah it makes sense that for me when I thought I knew what the outcome would be of an idea I wasn't interested because there was no journey I was making the mistake of thinking there was no journey there when obviously there would have been but um but I think you, you seem very, you're very process-based so it's the doing that is the thing as opposed to the final outcome yeah 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 I guess so yeah definitely yeah I mean if anything I could do with <laughs> I do have a bit of a habit of just doing and then sort of putting in a draw forgetting about it you know moving on um but maybe really in some ways it's like doing and sharing and then through that sharing that might also help you sort of start to consolidate what it is that's interesting you and what you're interested in in going forward with yeah definitely I think sharing really helps sort of with processing it mm. when it's an intuitive quite an intuitive process you do need to extend get some of that that out and I think um making time for that and reflecting on how what's going on is probably really important and probably something I could do with yeah spending more time on doing as well um, and I think that's what helps keep you probably kind of like grounded with or like that thing I was talking about about distraction and things um and about working out direction and things it is it's there in your work isn't it and I think it's a case of sort of reflecting on that and um and like you say talking to other people about it um mm -hmm. I miss that element I think about being part of a more active sort of creative place yeah I suppose when we start working on our own once you move away from you know whether it's school or you might have a group or you know some place where you're getting that sort of feedback and having that dialogue with other artists that does become gosh if you have to rely on your own thoughts it can be really um confusing and you know we're so critical of ourselves and then suddenly you're lost and and yeah just having that somebody other people to have external external dialogue with is very helpful yeah definitely I think um it's one of the things that I really enjoy about um like the live drawing class that I go to but the um urban sketching group that we set up yeah. near where I live um yeah just that sort of conversation and then um, way of sharing work but you know you're working alongside people and you're sort of hearing them talk about their work and vice versa that's just so helpful yeah it's really helped I think over the last couple of years like with what you were talking about with sort of confidence and things um but yeah I think I could do with some more ways of more regularly um doing some of that yeah that externalizing the 
thinking or or actually doing the <laughs> doing the thinking but yeah, I do find that sometimes easier through conversation yeah and how about what do you think being someone who doesn't really seem to set out a plan or a path or anything like that but what do you think is going to be next for you in this coming year well the last year um I think trying to do more of kind of what the last year has been about so really the last year's really been about actually my freelance teaching work so um it beginning to do more of my own drawing workshops and teaching um and and keeping my drawing going alongside that and the way they're sort of working together is is working really nicely as well so studio drawing then actually sort of feeds into workshops and doing my studio mm-hmm. um so I'd love to continue working on that and I've just started doing a seasonal life class which is sort of blending different types of different sorts of sort of um, a, a life drawing class but with kind of work I would normally do outside and nature observation and things like that and there is a little I'm doing a pop-up I know later sort of towards the end of the year with a couple of friends and um I just the last sort of little bit that I, last little bit of the year I was work, working on a few kits so kind of bringing together actually the way that I do like I do like to design a nice thing I know that it is a bit of a skill that I you know like a lot of artists you know I really appreciate real sort of the physical qualities of things and I like to make a nice thing or as a gift or whatever so um I'd love to be doing more of more little kits that are about supported with a, a video or some sort of instruction or a workshop um but drawing wise um yeah like I say I think I'm going to try and do another 100 day project considering an element of that being that I have to sell everything because I'm so not confident with that or just it's something I just sort of I don't prioritize or just mm-hmm. I think I'll get around to you know I think just it's always just trying to make more time for drawing and um, I would like to do something I'm hoping to keep the sort of local outdoor drawing that I'm doing going and bring some of those drawings together um somehow all of those things are just a bit of a discipline mm-hmm. thing um and a time thing and stuff like that but I've, there's quite a few things I've been wanting to play with for a number of years so um yeah I would who knows whether I'll whether this year will be the year but I've been <laughs> it sounds totally a bit random but I've been wanting to mess about with some paper mache for years <laughs> and um painting on clay I would like to kind of explore yes making tiles is something that really mm. but yeah looking at kind of a little bit going back to um applying my drawing to some products but um I think that would be different to what I've, in some ways to what I was doing before mm. and then really based on the on my sketchbook work so yeah that probably sounds like someone who hasn't really worked any of that out because that's <laughs> I don't think you need to work I don't think it's a, it's not important to work it all out I mean it's only the 2nd of January right it's only the 2nd of January and 
like you said, like, or, or this is how I feel about it. Like I'm going to be an artist up until the end, right? This doesn't stop for me. Mm. My brain doesn't stop being creative, never stops. So I'm, I'm doing this until the bitter end, basically. And I think it's the same, you know, with you. You're going to be doing this. So, so it can be gradual and you can have things yeah. like the paper mache or the clay where for years you've kind of wanted to do it and you think, oh, maybe this year I'll, I'll get around to doing it. And, and I love seeing, you know, because we sometimes think, well, how is this 3D work? You know, but it does feed in, everything feeds into each other and you never know what's going to be the thing that really gives you a breakthrough moment. And you think, ah, yes, I now understand something I didn't understand before. Mm. So it's lovely to, to hear about you wanting to play around with a variety of things. And maybe it happens this year, maybe it doesn't, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, just like we're saying about ideas and about the other stuff with being like sometimes thinking in a slightly too rigid way. I think it's exactly the same time with same, sorry, same thing with perceiving we can get this kind of punch or this thing, you know, we think it has to happen in this, in quite an immediate kind of mm. But actually, I'm realising a lot of these things do occur. Basically, if they're going to stick, they stick around and um, and they will occur at some point. But I think it's interesting as well. Like, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm obsessing about the clay and <laughs> the paper mache. But it's something that I find myself doing as well. So it's sort of like I always have clay sitting around near me because I always think, yeah, I'm going to do some little clay things. And then I go and I work with the clay and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is why I don't work with yeah, this is why yeah. I don't do this. So it's, yeah. it's like, I'm constantly reminding myself of why I don't, oh, yeah. why I've already, I've actually already sort of X this off as something I want to do. And this is why, but, but I like that. I like that experience. I love just keeping going back to stuff and keep trying it no matter what. Yeah. Because you never know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like you were saying about printmaking and um, it's, yeah, it's totally true and I think it's just always going to happen isn't it there are always going to be those um things that you're drawn to trying we're explorers that's yeah. that's the artist's way I think we're explorers and we're going to keep exploring so yeah. one thing I want to ask before we go um where can people find out about your courses um is that on your website or by joining your newsletter what's the best way for them to find out that information um yeah, the newsletter through my website is probably the best and social media. Um, I'm still really sort of building all that side of things. So it's okay. really early days and my website needs a massive rehaul. Um, so, yeah, my newsletter um, is best place for workshops. I do share about that on social media, but um, it's sort of, hidden a bit more probably amongst my hmm. drawing and I will include links below um to all of to your website and to your social media so that people will know where to find you right and thanks. I just wanted to say thank you so much for uh how, taking the time to chat with me it was really fascinating to hear your journey and to hear about where you are now as well so thank I'm you sure. well thanks for asking me I know that hearing other artists talk about their experiences and the whole scope of them you know is is the most helpful thing i think thank you so much for listening to studio notes with me sasha dewitt and guest joe blaker 
I love the way she has experimenting and exploring at the heart of her practice. To find out more about her work and her courses, you can click the links below. If you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe, and also share, as it really helps others to find us. And of course, thank you so much for listening to Studio Notes with me, Sasha DeWitt. Big shout out to the Arts Council who have given funding for this podcast as part of my DYCP grant. So thank you. Thank you.